Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Len. And I know you're noticing something different about today's picture, this morning's picture, this morning's broadcast, and that is I'm alone. But I'm not alone here. Lori's here. She's off to my left. Say good morning, Lori. Good morning. They can hear you. Now, I asked her, Lori, will you be sitting in with me today? Sitting in with me today? So she said, no, not today. And I said, I said, why? And you know what she told me? Ladies, this is for the ladies, not for you gentlemen, but you ladies, she said, because I haven't put on my mascara. I'm like, wow, is mascara that important? When she wakes up in the morning and I look at her, I see the most beautiful woman in the world. And I don't notice a difference when she puts on her mascara. Beautiful is beautiful, but I guess to women, mascara... <laughs> Makes a difference. Do I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> so I want to begin by telling you how much I love you. I love, and all, I love you all and I appreciate you all. I'm so thankful to God for each and every one of you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And um, I just want you to know that, uh, especially on mornings where I broadcast from the church, I... Um, get here very early, and I walk. And as I walk, I pray. And I pray for each and every one of you. I pray for each and every one of you by name. And uh, I don't believe I'm missing, it, missing any, anybody. I, I love you all. I'm so thankful and grateful to God for all that you do for me and Lori and for this ministry. You know, the letters that you send, I, I have up on the bulletin board for, for the body here, of believers, the group of believers here to read. So they've gotten to know some of you by name. Thank you for those letters. And, uh, and thank you for your financial gifts. You know, this is how daddy keeps his work going through blessings from you. And we really appreciate you. Um, so let's see who's on right now. Of course, uh, my mother-in-law, my mom, you know, old faithfuls. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I started at 9 o'clock, I'm starting at 9 o'clock. First, I checked with my mom, and I made sure, you know, mom's had it right with you. And she said, yep, she gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> but my mother-in-law, I don't know if you noticed, but every time she gets on, she says, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. <laughs> uh, so I'm turning her in. So now she could be on time. But... Uh, Wayne Jordan. Hey, buddy, Wayne. How are you, man? Come and visit us on a Sunday, man. You live in New, New Windsor. You have no excuse. We love you, brother, and we want to see you. But anyway, let's get right back in into uh, our discussions on righteousness. And um, there's a verse of scripture that we're all familiar with, and it's found in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And we know it's Jesus, and Jesus is telling us, I see you say you will, Wayne. We'll find out on Sunday. And Jesus is telling us in John chapter 10, verse 10, I'm just having fun, Wayne. I'm just having fun. No pressure. If you can't have fun as a Christian, you're doing something wrong. So anyway, John chapter 10, verse 10, I'm going to eventually get to it. It tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. Think about this statement that Jesus is saying. 
But I come that you might have life. But I've come that you might have life. And life more abundantly. So here's the thing. Many believers associate the thief with, with, with Satan. And I suppose there is an application there. But the bigger application is thief, and you can find this in Strong's Concordance as they give the interpretation of the word, and especially in the context of what comes before it, where Jesus is talking about many of the false teachers and false prophets who are come before him. The word thief is truly referring to, and it's in its bigger application, to the religious order, to religion. I would imagine specifically the Pharisees. So now, I believe Satan is happy with that. He's happy with the fact that we are professing that he's a thief. Because as long as we keep our eyes on, G, on, on Satan being the thief, we'll take our eyes off the true thief. And Satan knows this. Because what doesn't Satan want? Satan doesn't want us to live in the more abundant life that Jesus came to give. I hope that this is making sense. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Paul makes a, a, a wonderful statement. He makes a lot of wonderful statements. I love the Apostle Paul's writings. I spend 85% of my time in his writings. But he makes a statement in, in, in verse 17 of chapter 5. For those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness... The gift of righteousness will rule and reign in life more abundantly. Do you see the connection? Through the one Jesus Christ. Do you see the connection, Lord? I see it. This is why righteousness is so vitally important. So what do the religious do? What do they rob and, and steal and kill us in in the fact of our new identities of the fact of our new creation realities that we are holy that we are blameless that we are righteous now let's look at Jesus' statement in John chapter 10 verse 10 I came that you might have life how does Jesus impart that life to us? Well, you know what? Ah, uh, Lord, you, you know, you always uh, lead me different paths, but I'm sure the people don't mind. Turn with me to Romans. I hope you have your Bibles. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to be looking at it in the King James Version of the Bible. Romans chapter 6. Verse 4, 
Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, turn back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered for our sins, for our transgressions, and he was raised again for our righteousness, our justification. So here Paul is clarifying what Jesus is teaching in John chapter 10, verse 10. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Well, how do we have it more abundantly? By your being united to me, united with me in my death, burial, and resurrection to newness of life. Resurrection Life that is now ours as we are one with Jesus Christ because we have, we have been raised in righteousness. Have you ever seen the connection of John chapter 10, verse 10, with righteousness? I don't believe I've ever heard anybody speak about that connection. And you know why? Because Satan has many a mind blinded. He has them blinded in the covenants. He has them blinded in the mixture, in the mixing of the covenants. He doesn't want you to know your new creation realities. He doesn't want you to know the truth of who you are. He doesn't want you to know that just as, just as Jesus is, so are you in this world. He doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to keep on believing that, that, that he's the thief because then you won't put your eyes on the real thief and realize that religion has been stealing from you, has been stealing from me, has been stealing from us. New creation realities. He came that we might have life and that life more abundantly. And how do we achieve that? By receiving the abundance of his grace and the gift of righteousness, which allows us to rule and reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Because if we've been united with him in his death, we are also united with him in his resurrection. And now with him, we walk in newness of life. Life more abundantly. Wow. I hope that blesses you. I mean, I could just stop with that right now and, and let you meditate on it and let you concentrate on it. And so now, whenever you look in the, at the word of God and it's talking about Jesus... It's echoing, echoing the fact of your character. When the Father is speaking about Jesus, right, it echoes the fact of what the Father thinks towards you. When it speaks in the Word of God about the character of Jesus, you know, it, it, it's echoing your character and my character. 
This is why we're calling it the fruits of righteousness. We can also call it the fruits of resurrection life. We can also call it the life more abundantly that Christ came to give. Wow. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. And we have been in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, where we have been talking about um, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of Christ, the fruit of our new creation realities, the fruit of resurrection life, the fruit of righteousness. I hope this is blessing you because it is blessing me. It is blessing me as I'm sharing it with you. Because, you know, I, I, the, the Holy Spirit draws me to the Word and it's amazing how he'll connect me from one scripture to another. And it always makes perfect sense because let's not forget what, what Paul said to Timothy in chapter, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, where he said to Timothy, Timothy, you know the holy scriptures. You know them. You've known them from a youth, from, from a youth. And what scriptures did he know? He knew the law and he knew the prophets. But Paul is saying, you know the Holy Scriptures, Timothy, how they make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So this is Paul, Paul telling us that everything from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, through Revelation chapter 21, verse 21, points to Jesus. So that's why there's such a connectivity within the Scriptures. This is why you read the Old Testament, to find Jesus. That's it. And to find the pictures of grace. And in Hebrews chapter 1, it tells us, from verses 1 through 4, it tells us about the snapshots and the shadows. And then in the fullness of time, God's wonderful, holy, you know, righteousness was, 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 came into being through his son, Jesus Christ. So... That's why the scriptures are so, they're just, just so, um, so very related to each other because they all speak about Jesus Christ. So we've been in Galatians chapter 5, and it's telling us about our true character, about our true nature, all right, as we're one with Jesus Christ. So I like to read it from the Mirror Study Bible. If you don't have it, man, I encourage you to get it. Is it perfect? No, but there is no perfect translation. Understand that, okay? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Your spirit effortlessly bears the rich harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, integrity, gentleness, self-control. This is who you are. This is your character, the character of Christ, new creation realities. Righteous fruits that your life should effortlessly produce as you believe in the you you are. All these individually reveal the irresistible attraction of the inner life of our design. Oh, the inner life of our design. They are not fading. They do not fade they are not fragile emotions produced by willpower. This is what religion tries to, you know, you need to become. 
You need to work at, you know? You, you, you need to put your effort, no. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is the fruit of what you know in your spirit to be true about yourself. This is the fruit of what you know in your spirit to be true about you, about yourself. Wow. This is the fruit, Lenny Rolla, of who you are in your inner being. Wow, this is the truth about you. And this is the truth about you. Fruit is the effortless, spontaneous expression of the character of the tree. Now, let's take a journey. Let's take a journey to Second uh, Corinthians, okay? Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 1. You have to read this, okay? Read this with me. We'll start with verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him, in Christ Jesus, are yes and in him, amen, unto the glory of God the Father. Now, now, fruit produces effortlessly. But you say to yourself, but I have to plant. I have to plant the word. I, ha I have to plant, you know, the seed. I, I have to do the planting so that there can be growing. Listen to this verse. Now he, which, is a, which has established us. You hearing this, Lori? He who has established us, he who has planted us in Christ is God. And he has anointed us. So, this is why it's effortless effortlessly effortless this is why it's simply produced god the father did the planting god the father did the planting and i believe in the law of reaping and sowing god did the planting and now we sow I mean not now now we reap we reap those who have received the abundance of his grace we reap the abundance of his grace Amen. and the gift of his righteousness I believe in sowing and reaping but I believe the father did the sowing and Peter oh boy I don't have this reference but you know it you've heard it talks about the incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed that was planted within us. Jesus Christ, incorruptible, uncorruptible, forever growing, containing everything we could ever need. God did the sowing 
and the planting. So now it becomes effortless fruit as we believe. And the thief, religion, will not teach you that. They want you to know and they want you to believe that it's up to you to do. It's not. He has already done. Are you being blessed today? So I'm going to listen to this again and again. All right. So now, rest in the awareness and assurance of who you really are. Legalism, religion, can neither match nor contradict us, contradict this truth. They try, but they can't contradict it. There is no law against love. Hallelujah. Those who understand that their righteousness is of Christ and that it does not come as a reward for their ability to keep the law have discovered that their flesh with its dictates and lusts were co-crucified with Christ. And you were raised in righteousness with him to newness of life. Because faith defines us and not flesh, not the law. We take our lead from the spirit in our daily conduct. There is an authority in our step. We are marching in the rank like soldiers. So then we talked about our character. We can love. We have joy. We are filled with an abundance of peace. We have a patience that endures. We have kindness in action. We have a life full of virtue. We have faith that prevails. We have faith that prevails. Faith, and whenever Paul talks about faith, He's talking about faith that prevails in our believing that we are righteous. We have faith that prevails. We have gentleness of heart. We walk meekness and in humility, just as Christ. And we have strength of spirit, self-control. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of self-control, soundness of mind. This is who we are. This is our character. As Jesus is, so are we. The thief will come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came, was crucified, died, and was buried raised from the dead for our righteousness and so that we can walk in the newness of life. <coughs> the life more abundant that he talks of. Receiving the abundance of grace and the gifts of righteousness. We rule and reign in that abundant life through the one Jesus Christ. <coughs> well, we're bringing this to an end. I hope you were blessed with today's teaching of righteousness. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow as we close this week out, both Lori and I. 
Walk in your blessings, each and every one of them.